Hey there, it's Daniel, your friendly neighborhood producer. I've come out from the Endless Podcast Editing Void to tell you to join us for Other Worlds of Wonder as we celebrate our 33rd annual Sunfest celebration, June 22nd through 25th at Fanon and Vernonia, Oregon. This year, we'll be honoring Sibylle, the Magna Mater. Hope to see you there. Hail witches, Angel here, your co-host of the Science Witch Podcast, with another edition of our Wild Witches series, which is pretty much just a catch-all for all the many witchy things we participate in that we want to syndicate and share through the podcast. As wild witches, we do what we want. Back in March, around the time of the spring equinox on the Wild Witches Year in a Day online community, I got a chance to talk with board member and co-founder of the non-profit pagan sanctuary Finnan, Michael Agee. We had a fascinating conversation about land, legacy, intergenerational transference of knowledge, and what pagan community really means in the sense of being ancestors that we want to honor. As you heard in the ad by our awesome producer, Daniel, at the top of this episode, Finnan is also where Sunfest is happening on June 24th through the 26th, and I will be teaching a workshop on reading tarot with the scientific method. If you happen to be in the Pacific Northwest and are looking for a great way to celebrate the solstice, I invite you to check out the show notes for links on where you can register for Sunfest. And now... Without further ado, here is my conversation with Michael Agee. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much to those of you out there that are tuning in and also those of you all out there who are going to be watching this afterwards. My name is Angel, one of the coordinators of the Wild Witches of the Willamette, and I am a co-host of the Science Witch Podcast. And for today's special edition of the kind of continuity of our Wild Witches Year in a Day class, which was sort of our pandemic project to bring a year in a day class to folks that, sorry, something was going on in my kitchen (laughs) for a moment. So today we have a, a special guest and just so happens that, Michael, we got to see each other in person, which was always nice, yesterday at Pagan Fair at Oaks Park. And Michael is here to talk about your journey to taking this idea of a intentional pagan community and now making it legally an actual entity as Finnan. So yeah, why don't you introduce yourself and talk about a little bit about your history and in your story? My goodness. Um, well, my name is Michael A.G. And I have been a member of this community since 19, about 86, when I moved out here from uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Whoa, another southerner. Yeah, exactly. And I was sort of footloose and fancy free for a while. I was um, going to Portland State University, where I eventually got a degree in general studies and went back and finished a a certificate in women's studies, uh, which I really enjoyed getting. And... um, 
all the while I was doing stuff in the pagan community because I uh, lived in a place called the Mystic Bone Hut. The, the, <laughs> the Mystic, Mystic Bone Hut. The Mystic okay. Bone Hut. It was in Portland. Okay. And, uh, You're going to make me my, do a my... pagan deep dive on history. <laughs> <laughs> the full name is the notes. Mystic Bone Hut and uh, Sacred Harlots Finishing School, but that's a whole other chapter. <laughs> Yeah, so we were doing pagan stuff back then, like with Oregon Pagan Council and Circle of the Dance uh, and so forth. And early on, I was like a lot of pagan people in the late 80s, early 90s was like, oh, man, what we really need is pagan land because, you know, you'd be able to go out to Sylvie Island and you could hang out there and do cool stuff and you can go to the coast. And unlike today where, you know, you go to Powell's and there's practically a whole room devoted to to metaphysics right i remember the day when you go to pals and there's one little shelf and it has like you know the necronomicon and the witch's bible complete and a few other things and and like 10 people all standing there kind of like going you know like am i going to touch it first are you looking at it yeah it was a different time very different time very different time things have changed a lot yeah Um, yeah and and that's interesting because it's like land is something that they're not making any more of and you know we're not and the thing this has been kind of on my mind yesterday especially after pagan fair because one of my experiences coming through the pagan community across both the southeastern united states where i'm from and then i lived in the southwestern united states and now i live in the pacific northwest and so i've kind of seen this iteration of pagan community throughout the you know, a good swath of the United States. And something I've I've realized is just like, we don't have a lot of infrastructure to have our spiritual practice. A lot of times it's something where we go to public parks or we go to certain, like, I mean, that for the wild witches, that's what we do with all our rituals. And having like a designated sacred space that we know that we can practice our faith and not have any sort of people coming in to interfere. it's, It's such a... It, it it's so valuable because my experience has always been this pagans are poor and we don't have money and we don't have any of these integrated systems of care that a lot of the more established, well, I shouldn't say more established, but the more patriarchal Abrahamic faiths that tend to have a lot of the power. And one of those things is that a lot of these churches, they have land, they have an, a location. And this wasn't something that, as my, even in my experience as a millennial, which that I've ever encountered in terms of the pagan community, it was something very rare to have that. So I, I just kind of want to bring that context into the conversation because legacy is sort of something that I've been thinking a lot about as I'm getting into my middle middle age and seeing this next generation of witches that get to go to Powell's and see just this entire room of metaphysical books, some of which are written by AIs, selling them witchcraft. And yet a lot of those people who are having this connection to witchcraft, they don't have that connection to legacy. And then this connection to a community. And I mean, they have the wider community, but they don't have this connection to a place where they can physically go and worship. And so yeah, I didn't I didn't want to like just completely interrupt that, but I wanted to bring that context into it. So getting back to your story, when you were you're first coming up, that was also your experience is that there just wasn't a 
actual legally permitted space to practice paganism? My experience along the way was it's it's been varied. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes like with Silver Falls State Park, we were able to over years build a, a positive and sort of mutually understanding relationship with the park rangers that were there yeah through the nine houses of guy and the pacific northwest fall equinox festival but then you have a change in the political winds at the top of the spectrum you know yep. the different uh, kind of president in there yeah and the the head ranger of the park is appointed by a, a different president and then right. suddenly the even though you're you still have the same relationships at the ground level that you're used to working with people they're being pressured from the other side to shift things in a direction that's no longer mutually understanding. Yeah. You know, it, it, it shifts and becomes uneven again. And that, that, you know, that's happened more than once we've, yeah. you know, it, it's been a mixed bag, right? There's been, we found some very supportive people along the way, very open-minded. And I've also literally sat belly to belly with a state trooper who was trying to stand me down. And I'm like, <sighs> showing him I'm a totally out gay man and I'm totally comfortable touching you. <laughs> if you're going to try and push me forward, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I had, had that experience. Like, yeah. um, yeah, it, you know, it was, it's, um, that was actually one of the more extraordinary things that I ever went through because it was, yeah, it was sort of that uh, dude on dude dominance thing. And yeah. he was trying to, he, he was completely in the wrong and trying to uh, establish himself over this, you know, pagan, person who was in charge of you know being the point for the community and uh just it was wrong yeah yeah and it's our first amendment right and that's something that i know you being from the south you understand my non-christian ability to be openly witchy and non-christian it came with a bit of a social cost i guess i would say that I definitely have had confrontations with people who have tried to assert their religion on me, and I have had to learn a certain amount of skills and conflict resolution to stand in my power and say, this is my First Amendment right. I am an American citizen, and my First Amendment right is freedom to religion. And that doesn't mean that it is your religion. It just means it is my religion. And I know that from the Constitution that this is something that is an inalienable right as an American citizen. And yeah, the the Christians sometimes are, I, I shouldn't say the Christians, I should say the hostile Christians that were trying to assert their white supremacist fascist ideas on me, they they didn't know how to respond to the whole like this is my constitutional right to practice as i as as i want and of course you know you always have to be ready to back yourself up and that's something that with this process with getting the 5013c that is the legal teeth you need to be like nope this is my this is my first amendment right this is the you know religious organization or so yeah giving getting back to that let's so when did you realize that you had to do this in the legally binding framework of going this route with the 5013C and acquiring land and such? So maybe taking a half step back on my yeah. own and saying, um, my relationship with Christianity is like a lot of pagans. It, mm-hmm. it's, it informs some of the, yeah. uh, where I come from, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm one of these pagans that um, I have a very good 
and you might even say personal relationship with the Christ energy. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Really, My co-host really, is the same way. He really loves, down with that. He, he's and, down with Jesus too. <laughs> yeah. So what I try and have tried to do in, in circumstances when this sort of con, yeah, conflict confrontation or, or mm-hmm. you know, the, the minds aren't meeting is, is to try and just find a place of peace and empathy yeah. mm-hmm. uh, with people. Um, I, I have with the exception of literally going belly to belly with that fellow, I, I have never had to do what I would call hard-nosed negotiation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's been a matter of trying to find common ground yeah. uh, with people and, and being able to come back to empathy and openness and to speak from the heart yeah, and say, this is, this is what we're doing. It's, it's without apology. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. not like, I'm sorry that I'm doing this and that I'm offending you. It's more like, <laughs> here's this common ground we're expressing ourselves in you know from the heart and we're experiencing our relationship with the divine that's what we're doing we are right. we're positive path people this is good stuff here and mm-hmm. you know it i've i found that like especially with the parks and so forth along the way building that one-to-one relationship and those relationship pairs one at a time yeah that's how you have a really good relationship and that sort of approach it's it's crucial like here at Finnan, right yeah, we we're in a rural community here in Columbia County, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, we have a very good relationship with our closest neighbors, even That's though we're good. not on the same page about a lot of other things. Yeah, we are first and foremost neighbors. If yeah. they had a problem, we, we're we got their back. If we right. have an issue, they I mean they're right up here going, "Hey, are you okay?" Right. So e- even though even though we don't agree about uh, a lot mm-hmm. of things, say politically and so forth. We're able to find that common ground and to be good neighbors and to find that place of mutual respect. Right. You know, I'm on this side of the street. This is what we're doing. Okay, you're impacting us with your sound and your drumming. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Come over here. Let's walk around Finnan. We were here in the South Meadow. I can, you know, okay, I, I can see. I, I don't know why we didn't think of this, but, you know, your front door is literally a quarter mile away from where our main drum circle is. Okay let's figure this out. Take a walk back further in the woods. What if we were to put a drum circle here? What if we were to put up a wall, you know, a a solid barrier shaping the sound away from the road? It's like that process. It took a couple of years to negotiate that. And there was some stickiness initially, but it was really only sticky where the relationship didn't exist. As soon as the, the mutual respect was set on each side of that bridge, then the bridge occurred automatically. Yeah. So, so yeah. that, that, that sort of approach that's from the heart that meets mm-hmm. the person with a willingness and an openness to be halfway and that's respectful, like, you know, it's not um, coming on them and saying, you know, I, I'm assuming that you're going to be uh, against me uh, mm-hmm. because I'm different from you and because I'm pagan, mm-hmm. but instead being like, hey, we live here. Right. And this is, this is the stuff that we're doing. And, you know, would you like to come over? We have a conversation. They've actually come to our events here a couple of times. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily going to be the, our neighbor's bag all the time. But again, it's a good relationship. Right, right. And that's and, really... And, and that, yeah. That's important as pagans. You know, we're, we're right. part of a culture. We're, we're part of a much mm-hmm. larger culture. We have important things to say. And we need to say them in a way that, without apology... That can be heard that, that right. finds that mutual respect i'm not saying that i expect everybody to listen all the time because i know there are people who flat out as soon as they hear the word pagan something goes click and they right. stop listening yeah and you know all i can do is is hold empathy and hold mm-hmm. my half the bridge in that circumstance in the hope that they will come to a better place 
Yeah, for sure. And building this legacy, it's really important to make the effort for establishing. It's important for you to have that relationship with your immediate neighbors when you know that this is the land that you're building and 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 investing in and putting all this energy into both connecting spiritually and physically to the land and whereas a lot of the sort of situations where you know witches are in areas where we have to use just public parks for spaces and stuff and the sort of confrontational situations that can occur from that that's when yeah. But but you know that's that's one of the differences of of Finnan to some of these other situations it, is that this is, is one of the things that, that mm-hmm. we offer is that you know people who come here they know I mean we we're pagan land but we're also more than that I mean we're more right. by faith right not all of us right. are pagan per se but it's like everything we do expresses our love for the place right um you know in our, in our charter we acknowledge the, the people who were here before us, the Klotzkanai people. Yeah. And and that that's part of our acknowledgement is that this is the unceded land of those people. Mm-hmm. And that, that we own this land now, but what we are is we're stewards of this property. And that's, right. you know, that's how we see this. We're pagan. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is like what I think really this all should be about is learning to reintegrate ourselves into the land. And getting... Yeah, it does. That is definitely something that is a process. And so getting back to this, your story. So when did the beginnings of what now has become Finnan, like, when did that come into? Well, I love talking about that. Yeah. Um, Let's see if I can get the threads correct, because there are a lot of them. And to tell you the truth, I'm I'm still researching bits and pieces of them. So, So this will be my perspective and it's not comprehensive but i'll, I'll sure. give my best okay um, with the caveat that you know i i may offer an update or <laughs> i got the timeline a little wrong sure not on purpose so my friends ross and diane owned finnan which is the 50 acre property next door right and i started going there uh when i was in my 20s oh, wow. and i and they would hold like beltane celebrations there and come help us make trails on the land and you know just all this wonderful small order workings very you know mm-hmm. less than 20 people that sort of thing right. which seemed like you know oh that's a lot of people yeah, yeah right exactly <laughs> back, back sort of fast forward my buddy neil he got a strong hit to like oh okay let's let's move this pagan let's move this land thing forward and circumstances in his life aligned such that he was able to i think ross offered the land for sale once he knew that that Neil was like looking for this sort of thing and they were like going, you know, we've been doing this for 25 or so years. We're sort of ready to trans, you know, to, to, to let it move on to younger hands. And so he bought it from them. And then a few years later, he said to myself and my husband, Joel, hey, would you guys be interested in buying into this idea? And, you know, we did some assessing and we're like, uh, heck yeah. Absolutely. So we we bought into to, uh, Finn and as equal partners. And then for a number of years, we and a bunch of our friends along the way, including other worlds of wonder mm-hmm. um, and other other friends of ours would, would come out and do trail working and firewood chopping and all all this stuff to help bring Finn and up. And were you living on the property at this point? We were not. So we okay. were doing all this commuting from Portland 
Oh you know, wow! Which is it, it's about forty-five minute drive. Right. Yeah, maybe, it's not maybe too 50 far. Minute, depending on. No, it's not. And and honest to goodness, I mean, at this point, to and fro from Portland is just like I mean, it's like going to the corner. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it becomes pretty easy after a while. Um, and what time period is this? Just out of curiosity. Uh, we've been here for a decade. Okay. Yeah, a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, at this point, at the very beginning, it's what about two thousand and let's say on this paper. So what year was it that you guys got the oh property? Lordy, I should have written that down. I I honestly don't know the year. It's the early two thousands. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. in the in the first decade of the two thousands. Sure. Okay. Um, when Neil picked it up and care did caretaking for a long time, Joel and I bought in. The community around Finnan started growing. Yeah. Um, we were the Finnan group at that point, which was uh, the four of us, myself, my husband, Joel, Neil and Tasha, they're a married couple. So it was the four of us caretaking on the property there. And then we were the farm next door here, which is 25 acres, which has the house on it and the arena and a couple of barns and so forth. We were like, man, if we really need utilities here we need we need you know a basis from which to really intensify our caretaking wouldn't it be nice and literally we we had we were cleaning up glass out of a ravine one day with uh, friends who were down from seattle um, our trip and her girlfriend at the time rita smith and rita was looking to transition out of the work that she was doing in seattle and we were literally hip deep in a glass midden cleaning up Mother Earth, <laughs> tossing glass and working on the recycling and so forth. And we just started talking about, hey, we're looking, you know, we'd be interested in, in having a, a partner along the way to help us make this transition to buy that property next door. Because it turns out the lady next door was like, you know, I kind of like this, this vibe you got going here. I like the ethic and your approach. Would you be interested in buying our property if we put it up for sale again? Because they had tried it a few years before, but it was too expensive and you know the market was doing this. Yeah, it was the dot com boom. Or yeah, bust. yeah. But but with the uh, conversation with Rita, who was looking to transition away from the home that she had in Seattle, she was able to sell her home to retire and to turn her investment around and to buy the farm, and then engage us with a, a lease to own scenario. Nice. And then on on a, a contract there, and within five years, we had fulfilled the contract and and bought her out and purchase the farm on our own. So now we have the 25 acres next door where we live and that supports it's our base of operations for taking care of Finnan. And, and it's we've moved it now up from being like deer trails and, and a couple of openings in the forest to a deeper level of mm -hmm. um, management and integration. Right. But we're also very, we're very careful to manage how we open the space up because right. we, it's our intention to leave a large swath of Finnan absolutely wild, which is part of the ethic of uh, Ross and Diane who owned it previously. Yeah. We inherited a property that, that was minimal approach. I mean, they, it had been harvested off and it had been replanted and it's PF 80 forest here because you know it is technically a timber forest. Yeah. And they, we appreciated that approach because it lets the forest regenerate on its own and it lets it be more than just monoculture. It lets yeah. other species come in. We, we have about 18 or 20 tree species on the property now. So it's not monoculture. Nice. And uh, as a sidebar, that's something that we're in the process of learning. Learning 
silviculture that is sort of the new wave silviculture, right? Right, yeah. Not, not, sort not of that integrated, mm-hmm. not clear cutting, yeah. um, is a slow regenerative process. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. are we are undertaking that. Um, that's, that's awesome. Part of the, the long-term work of Finnan. But honestly, mm-hmm. the, the the cycle, the life cycle of the tree is now at the core of our spiritual work also. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we have our wheel of the year, we're tying it to the life cycle of the tree. Yeah. So yeah. When we come here, people can cue into what is literally, I mean, it's at the core of our belief. If we if we don't take care of our trees, we're not taking care of ourselves. Right. It's, yeah. These they're the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so now you have just gotten what for those of y'all who aren't familiar with tax code. It's a nonprofit entity that now has essentially legal representation and having attempted to try this process with the wild witches and then realizing there is no time in my life to try to start a 5013C organization. If you could just touch on that process and why that was an extremely important piece to this whole thing. Okay, so this we, we realized the Finnan group realized that okay this is none of us have children right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and part of having this piece of property here is making sure that it's supporting the needs of the next generations that are coming along right so not just preparing the bed for ourselves but preparing a a root bed right for for the community as it as it grows and to see its needs into the future and so what we're doing here by by going from a for-profit model which was fine, you know, we, we weren't getting rich, but you know, bills were getting paid. It was a, right. it was a business, an escort. By changing it over to a nonprofit model, we now have onboarded a, a wonderful group of people who are helping yeah. to, um, to guide and shape the, the form of Finnan going forward. And it, it's, you can just feel the energy. It's, it's gone up a whole nother level yeah because not not only on the legal side does it allow people to you know take the write-off on their taxes and so forth right to donate Mm -hmm. it 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 allows people to begin to see okay this is really happening right and and it it is one of the the supports that will allow us to go okay when as we get our legal framework in place it's one of the steps along the way where the four of us will 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 create the mechanism that allows this property to pass into the hands of the pagan community under the right. management of the nonprofit when, when we die. Yeah. And so we're we're in the process of beginning to engage that with the board. And that, you know, it, it's a we have like a tricky process because we have to for ourselves, we have to ensure that we have lifetime tenancy. I mean, yeah. this is our our home while we're right. here in, in these bodies. Mm-hmm. But when we're gone, it also needs to transition safely and successfully to a group of people who understand the initial vision and there yeah. have to be enough curbs in place to shape what what we want Finnan to be going forward and to protect it from outside influences that might go oh you know Finnan looks really great time to harvest that property yeah let's say no. cut down all those trees and turn them into lumber <laughs> I mean harvest in the broader sense you know turn it into a money maker for somebody right no. right <laughs> Yeah, this community. and this legally yes. protects your legacy, which is sort of our theme, I guess, today is this establishing of legacy that like. as also a childless adult now, I've been also having a lot of just meditations on this idea of legacy, especially in light of 
our really interesting experience yesterday at Pagan Fair that we, we saw each other at, it just so happened that randomly in town, sort of on a fluke, Alexander James, who is a musician that has this had this illustrious career across 30 years, over 30 years in the pagan community. He wasn't supposed to be at the event. This wasn't like expected. He just happened to be in town and he showed up. And the MC, who was probably younger than me, closer to that Generation Z millennial line, really cute kid. His name was Wolf. He didn't recognize Alexander James. And so when he when he went to introduce him, he just introduces him kind of blithely as Alec. And it's, uh, no kid, it's, <laughs> this is actually a, a really acclaimed musician. And I, I will admit, I didn't actually know who Alexander James was until that event. And it just so happened that I got to have this experience where he got up and he played his fiddle, sort of in this impromptu drum circle situation. And so I got to dance and I love dancing to a fiddle. Like, I don't know if it's just because it's like my ancestors are just calling to me when I when I hear fiddle music and I I don't care what the music is. I'm going to dance to that damn fiddle no matter what. And so. That was just such an incredible experience, but it also kind of gave me this idea that there needs to be more of this bridge between the younger generation that is coming up in this pagan community of Instagram, of all of these books, of the sort of wider internet culture that is emerging around witchcraft and something as a podcaster, I feel like I have inroads in, to this sort of other part of the pagan community that doesn't have as much interaction the older community that has been doing a lot of this legacy building and community building for decades and decades and decades and just how important it is for us to have elders and that is something i I think a lot of zillennials and generation z is not able to have as much access to and projects like finnan and Sister Spirit, that is the doorway to us being able to have elders in our community and really knowing our history in terms of this pagan movement that largely started in the 20th century, but now it's also connected to something that much deeper and this archaic revival that I think ultimately we need to survive as a human species. Uh, well, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The connection to the ancestors has always been central to me. Yeah. And and I think a, a lot of us. I was a, a city pagan for a long time. Yeah. Right? And um, so I, I think that there's a, a lot of, I don't want to put a lot of possibility there. I think there's a yeah. lot of good magic that you can do in the city. I do think that the pagan community will always need its own green space. And that's yeah. what Finnan means to be, is, is that one, one of a note of many green spaces from all over the place, because, you know, we're far from alone. There are a lot of pagan owned lands out there more all the time. In fact, yeah. t- today our, at our star event, we just, I met a, a new guy, uh, Chris, he's got land like 45 minutes up the road and they're just starting out some stuff. And we're like, awesome. Yes. Awesome. You know, great. The more yeah. the merrier. It's the like, more you know, the merrier. They're, they're, there's mm-hmm. no such thing as owning the 
this is the pagan land right the pagan land that's not finn yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you know it, it's we're 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 it's a we're network one of, many, one of many we're like the mycelial network right boop, boop, boop. we're all connected yes. and yes. and yeah you know we've got a wheel of year and all kinds of activities and stuff and we want people to come here and right. it's a it's a vibrant beautiful community and Finnan is amazing i mean the the magic that's been done here over the years the initiations and the the healing energy and just when, when you come out here anybody with any sensitivity beyond a, a block of wood is like yeah. Oh, yeah this is this is a good spot this is yeah. a good spot there's something going on here and i i knew it the minute that i came onto this piece of property so we're, we're trying to keep our eye and our heart focused on that connection because it it, it is strengthening and it, it is a connection to the ancestors Absolutely. Uh, all kinds of ancestors yeah. And we're, we're, we're sharing the mysteries, you know, we are dedicated to the mysteries of the community. That's right. what we do. Yeah. And I got this really great flyer yesterday at Pagan Fair for, I'll be sure to put it up for folks who want to check it out. And there's also a QR code that gives the more information, but I just, some of the things that y'all talk about and if you get a chance to check it out make sure to put in the show notes is just the beautiful landscape of Finnan. i know i i watch all on instagram and facebook and i just love when you post pictures of all the different seasons i know you go yeah. mushroom hunting you go chanterelle hunting yeah. when you go Sweet. out there when it the last couple of times it snowed you have this great view of the mountains i think it's the coastal mountains right because y'all are yeah we're, we're the in the coast side. range just beautiful view. And there's also some really cool ritual spaces. And I thought maybe you could talk about some of the art installations and the, mm -hmm. the ritual spaces that y'all got going on there. You bet. So the part that you're talking about is the older, older Finan property, the one that I started coming to when I was younger. So that's about 50 acres. And it now is developed to the point where we have uh, the North Meadow, which is often used for like sort of adult space during festivals. Uh -huh. uh, the South Meadow, which is a well over an acre. Of, it, ha it has three tiers and there are fire pits, uh, really good camping in and out of shade around there. And then we have, there is the uh, Stag Trail, which runs interior to the property. And it's sort of the, the big walking trail inside the property. And we're in the process of developing the Euroboros Trail, Ooh. which runs around both properties like you know the snake the stag trail is about two and a half kilometers long okay and the Euroboros trail is over two miles and and why it's kilometers and miles i don't know because that's just that's what stays in my head <laughs> it makes more it's sense about that long and that's about that long too, i mean you know, whatever. honestly yeah. everywhere outside the united states that's the case maybe australia i think still use miles but yeah exactly it's yeah, yeah. much, much better for anyone else that's not American. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the, the mm -hmm. spaces that we have available, we have the Dioniso circle, which is the, the first large circle that we made. And it, it's a surrounded by a ring of cedar trees. Nice. Uh, it's really beautiful. And we're in the process of building a shrine to Hecate at the, at, at the crossroads, the three-way crossroads just outside yeah. the Dionysus circle, because there's a, a nice... An ancient and beautiful connection between Dionysus and Hecate, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, in fact, the Hecate shrine will be dedicated at this year's Fall Equinox Festival because it's dedicated to her. Well, the I will. Festival is I, about Hecate. I definitely will tell my Melissa 
who is a dedicate to Hecate and perhaps we will we will have to definitely go because she is Good. in the process of also getting a Hecate altar here in Salem. Very good. So there can't be well, then yeah, Hecate is like she's coming up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's, she's definitely coming up. <laughs> yeah. We also have the dragon circle the that I mentioned earlier that has the the wall. That's uh -huh. where we have our sort of all night dance and jam nice. over there. Uh -huh. um, and those are our sort of the big outdoor ritual spaces is the big south meadow dragon circle and the dionysus circle we also have trails we have a shrine dedicated to mary it's actually the oldest shrine that's been on the property and i love the energy of the mary shrine yeah. mary and i i like that yeah yeah we've got the well which is dedicated to bridget and oh Rianne. wow well, yeah, my, right. my co-host Inku will definitely want to visit that when he comes out. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. <laughs> he's a, de he's a devotee of Bridget. So uh, come out and say hi. He'll yeah. know what to do because the, the, there's the tying up place. Mm -hmm. You can't miss it. We've got a, the goddess shrine, the God shrine. We have the nexus, which is sort of as above, so below. It's about mm -hmm. halfway up the property elevation wise. We have the fairy circle, which is dedicated to the, the magic folk and the fae. The only caveat there is please don't carry cold iron into that circle. Yeah. <laughs> I lost a good knife that way. Poof, gone. <laughs> we have the Ancestor Shrine, which is a beautiful standing um, circle. That, and when I say standing, the, the energy is, it's not a circle that you cast and put down, cast and put down. It's like a standing circle. It's there all the time and you can really feel it mm -hmm. uh, dedicated to the, to the spirits of the dead. We also have the, the farm, which is next door, and we're in the process of developing with the county how we can properly access the arena for having covered indoor space so that's a 60 by 120 covered space that used to be a horse riding arena oh wow is we've now put down artificial turf that we recycled from another place and it's allowing us to use that space it's, it, it's nice to have a big covered space where you can come in and do all kinds of stuff and that's where our member day classes are and so forth the first weekend of every month we come in and use that space there. Yeah, I mean, and more shrines all the time. We're, the right. shrines are popping up kind of all over and we're, the board is developing a process of like, okay, here's here's how you can approach Finnan if you want to put on the Beltane or if you want to do the fall equinox, here's our ritual submission process. We're, we're developing that. Here's the process if you want to be involved in like the infrastructure work, or if you have an idea for a shrine and so forth. So we're, the board is only a few months old, right? Yeah, so we're transitioning yeah. from the four of us and our, our elf council who helped us put on festivals away from the for-profit model over to the non-profit model, which is right. a much larger board. So it's more hands to right. help with the work, but it also we're trying to figure out what that work is properly. Right. Yeah. So it's also more minds to help us to help us shape the future of Finnan. The co the core of our process is a modified sociocracy, okay, um, governing process. So, so explain. Our, <laughs> our watchword is uh, good enough for now, safe enough to try. That's how we make our decisions, okay. and our decisions are by consent rather than consensus. So, and the difference between consent and consensus is. Consensus is where everybody's preferences align. So if you imagine your preference being a bell curve and the top right. of the curve is your highest preference, right. everybody's top of the curves all line up the same, right? right. That's, that's consensus. We all agree that's the one way, which right. is which is an ideal 
decision-making process. That's, that's the mode is you always end up with perfect decisions, but they're very slow right? and they can be clunky, right? Right. Getting there. Whereas consent means, okay, so you've got that same bell curve and your ideal is in the center, but actually what you can tolerate is called your range of tolerance. Mm -hmm. And the lowest end of the bell curve on each side, that's beyond your range of tolerance. You know, right. that's too cold. That's too hot. I can't, it's, I can't stand those, but in the middle, I'm pretty good here. And what you're in consent, you want your ranges of tolerance to line up and that creates this corridor, this range of tolerance where it's good enough for now, mm -hmm. safe enough to try. And, that, and that's a very nimble decision-making process. Right. Still, yeah. It still takes a lot of time to, to do it, but it, the, the focus is away from perfection. And it's away from trying things. And yeah. it, it, it leads to um, a, a decision loop where you can go back and change decisions along the way. Nothing mm -hmm. is set in stone. Right, but but the, the interval between revisiting questions can become longer and longer, and that that indicates that it's a very robust decision and it's still serving the living needs of the organization at that time. Awesome, yeah, that's that's actually it's, it's a really a, it's a powerful model. Yeah, that is a powerful and, and we're, model. Yeah, we're at the beginning of it. It's very interesting. Sociocracy. Sociocracy. Again, this, is a this is a modified version. We don't do the full deep dive into sociocracy, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. It's something to, for anybody out there who may be thinking about going into something like this themselves, like use as a foundation and a framework from which to build this larger network of pagan owned spaces and pagan owned mm -hmm. community. Because like you said, you know, this isn't a competition. We don't want to be like the, it's just like with the Wild Witches Project. One of the things Moon Dancer, I, and my friend Rose, we were first coming up with the whole Wild Witches is we don't want to be the only pagan group or, you know, competitive with other pagan groups. We want to be a group that is a witch wide web that connects different people. And sometimes we want to go to heathen events and sometimes we want to go to Finnan and sometimes we want to go to something that's going on for a reclaiming thing in Portland. It just allows us this flexibility to say, okay, let's see what you're doing. Let's see what your energy is bringing into this whole project yeah. and let's all just yeah. get connected and build this whole thing because the way that we as humans in this moment of the 21st century we are experiencing culture in a completely different way from any of our ancestors and yet there are still important lessons that we can take from how our ancestors engaged in culture and then we can also incorporate some of these newer models and ideas the model you just talked about and yeah. in in our approach to establishing legacy again which is bringing this this back to this whole idea of what's going to happen when we die and part of our legacy needs to be it is our duty right. to to give younger generations a sense of hope right it is our it is our duty to them to communicate hope, not hopelessness. Right, right. And, and, and center that's... that in love. And and that, that that is that is our duty. Right. And that's what we're doing here at Fennin. Yeah. And, and it, I think it's so important because there's just so many, especially of the younger generation that are just so alienated from mm -hmm. land, from legacy, from their elders, from their community. And having just this having this conversation yeah yeah exactly and it's just this, this younger generation for instance for me growing up as a millennial and coming into my working years in the 2008 crisis i don't own land <laughs> hopefully one day that will happen i don't know if it will but 
that is an experience of so many other people where it's just like we don't have the resources and just the sort of timing of us coming into adulthood. We're a lot less resourced than the previous generations. And so having that connection of people who are our ancestors through this community is such an important feature of making sure it continues because yeah. the four of us have are it's been a series of I mean in some ways sad events I mean for me it was passing of my parents and so forth oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and my stepdad our ability to buy into this I mean our choice is to take what was coming to us from the family and to try and turn it into mm-hmm. something to sustain the community right and yeah. it, it's just it's pure luck that the luck that the lightning struck that way for us i mean it could have gone yeah. so many different ways right. there's the idea that the pagan community is poor i have mixed feelings about that because okay. it, i i mean i i know i know what that means i've been without vast resources and i don't have vast resources i mean that's that's not a thing but i feel like part of the resource that that we bring to the table is our heart and our ability yeah. to connect with people and mm-hmm. i think that what's going on at finnan is an ex- what's going on at finnan like financially is rooted in the connections of the heart yeah right it's Absolutely. it's rooted in spirit and in eminence mm-hmm. in the land itself right? right so i think that pagans are in that way potentially i mean you, you could look at us as very rich Right. Yes. I mean, our, our sense of connectivity, our, you know, anywhere we go, we know we're on sacred ground, uh, yes. ground right? Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of, again, back looping back to that idea of communicating hope to people is, is, is that centering yourself in, in love and, and in hope and communicating hopefulness. I, I think that that is the way for us to find and to connect up these sacred spaces. And I, and I, I believe that they, that that is growing yeah, for us, absolutely. for our community. I, I seem to, it, it seems to be happening. Yeah, it's not fast. No, but you know, and that that's that's a difficult thing. Our culture is it's like you know, bam, it's got to be fast. And right. I, I I don't know how other people do it. I'm I don't do super fast. I mean that, mm-hmm. that's and and as I get older, I'm it, it's not that I have to go slower. It's that I appreciate going slower. Yeah, because things make more sense that way. Yeah. And my yeah. sense of connection to things deepens when I'm going slower. And that's part of what happens at Finnan. People can come here and you see it happen at a festival. You know, the first day is like, let it go. Right. By the time you're here for the second day, it's, oh, I'm here now. Yeah. You're yeah. here. You're in your, you're, you're here now. We're here now, you know, and it becomes imminent again. And it's like, we wake up and remember, oh, we're in imminence. This is, mm-hmm. the world is alive magic is you know magic is that's our strength i mean we're we're rich the fact that we know that that our community keys into that deeper truth yay yeah (laughs) yeah yeah just that embrace of of magic uh yeah that Uh is that is very powerful when people are looking for like pagan land and so forth it's like yeah dream and don't be in a hurry take your time learn but, you know, keep keep your eye on the ball and make connections with people and, yeah. and you know, see what happens. It can happen. It took you, what, 40 years to realize this? Yeah, thing? I mean, I, I didn't invent Finn and it's like it's it it came to me. Right. Right. 
And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, my lifetime, my tendency here is just to step along the way. And that's great. I don't want it to be any more than that. Yeah. You know, that the being, being privileged to be a part of the group of people who are able to turn that page and, and you know, be that transition, that is a great privilege. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. And it's also a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is work. definitely a lot of work. Yeah. It's, it's definitely um, a lot of work. Yeah, I'll just leave that there. Okay. It's joyful. I, I, you know, I love it. I love it. And, yeah. and I love this. I love this community. Yeah. So being in service is a good thing. Absolutely. Becoming a nonprofit and broadening the support. I mean, it, it, it really does take community to tend even a, even a piece of property that's 75 acres. I mean, you think that's a lot of property. Yes, it is. Yeah. But out here in Columbia County, I mean, there are a lot of people that own four and 500 acres. I mean, it is right. a gigantic county. So, I mean, you know, yeah, it's a lot of property. We have a lot to learn. Yeah. We didn't grow, we didn't grow up, you know, we're city kids for the most part. We didn't grow up understanding how to operate forest machinery. We didn't grow up how, you know, knowing how to take, to, to read a forest when you go for a walk and like, oh, these trees are healthier. Those tre- these trees have needs or, oh, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's too, too much understory fire fuels here. This is a danger. I mean, you know, we're, we're in the long-term process of figuring out all these sorts of things about silviculture. The situation we're in right now is that, is that Finn and the nonprofit leases the property mm-hmm. from, from a very friendly landlord, us. Right. <laughs> eventually, and y'all put on several like really awesome events you do Sunfest, which is well, that is actually run by the other worlds of wonder that's other worlds of wonder yeah right but that is one of them and then you do the equinoxes mm-hmm. and then now you also have a membership model where people can donate and become a member and that money helps to going towards the operational costs of finnan and then Just of course like y'all don't OPB. have to pay taxes because y'all are a nonprofit. Right. And that's that's kind of like belonging to OPB. It's like, you know, you become a member of Finan for as little as twelve dollars a year. A little twelve dollars a year. <laughs> right. There there are three other levels of membership, including sort of steward, warden, elder, and then elder of the land. And really our our members, which are the extended community, those are the folks that are holding us up. Yeah. They're the folks that that are believing in the vision of Finan where our spirit and nature meets and yeah. they they are participating in helping us take care of this property yeah absolutely yeah. centered they're they're at the center of our community of what, what we do our membership right and there's certain benefits to the different levels and yeah. you don't have to be in the pacific northwest to be a member you can continue to ex- support this project no matter where you are and that's that's, that's one of the beautiful things of this 5013c model is that it allows you to be able to take donations and then those donations are then written off on the taxes and i i, I did a little bit of research on what this process is to get a 5013C when I was trying to do it for the while, which is, it is a lot of work, but once you have a good dedicated group of board members and people, and you have the land, because land, of course, is the most important thing. If you can get the land, a lot of this other stuff falls through and it can keep the process going really well. And so that's like, 
a really incredible thing that I'm very grateful to be connected to. And so, well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. And yeah, it, it really was. And I will definitely be making a pilgrimage out to see y'all's Please. property very soon. I would love to show you around. Yeah, yeah. And I, I got $42,000 worth of student loan debt that says I can identify any plants that you need and help you with any kind of forest surveys. Awesome. My, my master's thesis was actually in restoration ecology, uh, mycorrhizal ecology. So yeah, that is actually something I have been professionally trained to do. So uh, wonderful. yeah, I would love to bring That's that as a, as a gift to y'all's community. Yeah. Do you want to, as as we're closing out, just let folks know about anything that's coming up in at Finnan that they might want to be interested in taking part before we sign off? Um, I would, of course, encourage people to become members of Finnan. Right. Take a look at our website, www.finnanoregon.com. And I'm going to spell it out. F-F-Y- N-N-O-N-O-R-E-G-O-N.com. And the word finnan is a Welsh word. It means the source. Right. A spring or a wellhead. Upcoming events include our Beltane event, which is one of our two big fundraisers. We'll also have uh, a Lamas-like symposium style get-together, which was really lovely last year. And uh, in the fall, we will have our big Hecate fall equinox. This last year uh, was focused on Inanna, which was just beautiful. And the year before that, it was Isis. So we're, we are dedicated to the mysteries of this community from a variety of, of cultures. And so there's a lot, we think we have a lot to offer people. So, awesome. you know, be in touch. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. All right, Michael. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to this video or later on on the podcast, because I I think I want to release this in time for folks to know about some of these really cool events. And yeah, I'm sure we will see each other very soon. So again, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, blessed be. Thank you. Blessed be. Thanks so much to Michael for talking with me and sharing this incredible history of the Finnan Sanctuary, as well as making me feel a lot more hopeful for the continuity of pagan stewardship of the land. If you want to learn more about Finnan and even become a member, you can find out more information on their website in the show notes. If you would like to support the show, we have a really great Patreon with all sorts of offerings to our supporters taken from our disparate ADHD gifts from the Fae. At the most basic level of $1 a month, you get access to lots of bonus content, including more Who's in Bloom about all sorts of flowers we happen to be passionately in love with, and I have been feverishly writing episodes to share on Patreon as I fully indulge in the flower festivals throughout the Pacific Northwest. We also share recipes, spreadsheets, presentations, and all sorts of extra digital content themed with our episodes. At the $5 a month level, you get to be part of our sticker exchange, where we get you roughly one sticker a month through the mail of a deity from a different artist in our Science Witch Art Coven. This month, to celebrate Pride, we're having an amazing punk rock version of Iris, Greek goddess of rainbows, rocking out for Pride by Ara, who is a featured artist in an upcoming episode. We also have all of our previous month's stickers, for sale at our Etsy. Finally, at our highest level of support right now, the Science Witch Coven, Inku and I bring all of a sorts of gratitude, and when you join at this level, you will get a tarot reading with me and Inku over Zoom. 
I have to say, I really enjoyed reading tarot for the Science Witch Coven members because I love to learn about people. One Patreon supporter told me that they were intimidated by my tarot reading at first because I had bragged about how good I was on the episode we did about tarot, but by the end of the reading, they affirmed that I was as good as I claimed to be. I am also working on doing the birth chart analysis for Patreon supporters who have requested it, as well as, and I have been promising, especially in preparation for teaching a class on reading birth charts and our upcoming episode with Rob on astrology. Inku sends out boxes from this herbal company, Goat and Thistle, two times per year. And if you happen to meet up with us at an event and let us know that you'll be there ahead of time, we often have little gifts that we make from time to time and enjoy sharing with our supporters. I have been hand-delivering little bottle terrariums I have been making recently to supporters I see in person. We plan to be at several events in Atlanta, Portland, Eugene, and even possibly Montana. So stay tuned for all these new opportunities in live performances as we continue to evolve as a podcast project. We love building a network of other science witches to create a stronger signal that spirituality and science has synergy. And while I would love, absolutely will do it for no money, this is one of the ways I am supporting myself at this point, and I've been trying to increase the output for the podcast so we can bring more of this exciting conversations and episodes about these topics to y'all, our listeners. So if you enjoy the show and you are in a position to help out, it is most appreciated. Of course, you can also help us out by rating and reviewing us on the platform you listening to listen to us on, and also sharing this with your kin and kith. Thank you again, as always, for listening. You can find us on social media with Science Witch Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Science Witch Pod on Twitter. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, you can reach us at questions at sciencewitchpodcast.com. Show notes and transcripts for this episode are available on our website at sciencewitchpodcast.com. Until next time... Live long and prosper, and blessed be.